I'm Zach. I'm Riff. I'm Jim. And I'm Kevin. And it's time for episode number 294 of Video Games Hot Dog Podcast for the rest of us. <laughs> the, the rest of who? Uh, the four of us. The podcast for the four of us. Guys, oh. how's it going? Oh, it's, hey, it's not it's too bad. Riff, what are you been up to? Riff, are you only scatting now? I, 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 I forgot how to do anything else. I'm sorry. I mean, that's fine. It's it's a it's quite a talent. I mean, everybody scatting scats one way or the other. Scatting. So check out Riff's message to you. Uh, what have you been up to, Riff? Just scatting and scatting and working. Uh, I'm trying to think if I was doing. I mean, I I ordered some more of those Escape the Room games, but I haven't received them yet to talk about them. Uh, oh, I uh, I I saltwater tested some of my dice and discovered that the dice that I've been using playing uh, role playing games have are absolutely crap and totally unbalanced to the point of being. You mean un unbalanced when you use them in water? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean the if you if you. Put them in explain water. This, explain this process. Yeah, describe this test. Nobody knows what you're talking about, right? So if you take a glass of hot water and you mix a, enough salt in it to where you get like... To kill a man. Yeah, basically, where you get like enough of a saturated concentration that dice will float in it. You can like spin dice into this cup of thing and the cup cup of thing into this cup of water <laughs> cup of the bow cup of the bow into the cup of the bow bow and they will they'll naturally um oh no spin, we've lost you spin up to their, <laughs> Riff, their Riff whatever their himself to death. Is. <laughs> okay so you can use that to test if a if a die is balanced or not and these dice that I've been using that are like this, the super pretty swirly colored Chessex dice turned out to be extremely weighted and frequently not to a favorable side. So, I yeah, but that makes it, that makes it good. If with a good, uh, with a good dungeon Lord, uh -huh. um, it's, it's just a die that has a plus three to eight. <laughs> yeah. Great. <laughs> with a good, with a good pr prison Baron running running the show <laughs> huh. failures are just as interesting as uh sorry i've been reading the thesaurus since <laughs> uh, last week um the uh, the the oubliette leader were you inspired to this because of a particular bad run of luck um i forgot i forget what reminded me of it i it was something i'd been meaning to try for a while because i had noticed that my luck seemed to have been pretty bad, <laughs> but I hadn't got tried... around to it until the other day, and I don't remember why. Have you tried like finding the center of mass of other things besides dice? Like, um... yeah, to see if like your toilet plunger is fair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that that would well that would take a large a large glass and a lot of salt. <laughs> You'd need the the Excel neti pot. I have an idea for an so appropriate salty. vessel. <laughs> For, for testing that <laughs> you're just gonna have to eat a lot of salt oh no <laughs> I'll have to, uh I'll well i'm sorry to salt lick from a deer <laughs> <laughs> i uh, sorry to uh sorry to hear your dice aren't fair i i bought some new ones from like i forgot some like scientific precision dice website Ooh, so plastic or metal plastic or glass i mean glass and metal ones are super cool as objects, but I always like hesitate to roll them on a friend's table. <laughs> yeah, you got to take your own table with you if you're going to use those dice. Yeah. You should only play games with people that you don't like. Yeah. 
or only on people who uh, only play like in the in the multi-purpose room after lunch. So it's nobody's table. Ah, true. You know, I guess it's it's. I mean, really, it's my table because I pay taxes. <laughs> would so I guess r- even rounded metal dice would potentially dent yeah. like wooden tables or whatever. Especially like an IKEA thing. Well, and especially when you get really angry and you throw the yes. dice at the table because they aren't fair. <laughs> Come on, Daddy needs a new pair of tables. <laughs> Because you destroyed the table, throwing the dice. Uh-huh. Sure. And then you went to a different table. <laughs> so is it possible that to have an unfair um, playing surface? Like this playing surface uh, is more attracted to low numbers, so the high numbers end up on the other side? Uh, how, how, how do you figure that would work? Magic. It's a table made from the wood of a cursed tree. <laughs> yeah. You you could also like just do a mental calculation in your head to make it fair. Like before you roll the die, you think of a random number and then you add that to the result in modulo by 20. <laughs> Did I tell you about the time that I was going to play Scattergories with some stoners and <laughs> the, 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 the... Yeah, yeah. That that would have been a more fun version of it. Just make up some shit that starts with this letter. Hey, we all win. Let's hug. Uh, so I was going to play Scattergories with these stoners, but the Scattergories that you could check out from the dorm, like, board game checkout thing downstairs, which we weirdly had in 1994. I mean, it was all just like, you can check out Monopoly. Sure. Yeah, it wasn't good. They had Scattergories, but the die was missing. So what they would do was just have somebody have somebody say the alphabet in their head really fast, and they would tell them when to stop. And that's not going to be fair or yeah, balanced, because seems- there's no way that you're going to be patient enough to wait for them to get through the alphabet multiple times. So I just asked if one of them had a computer, and I just wrote a basic program to pick <laughs> random letters, and yeah. I was the Scattergories hero. Yeah. <laughs> I had gone from Scattergory Zero to Scattergory's Hero. <laughs> oh, Zero is hard because there aren't very many words that start with that. Yeah, zero-sum game. All uh, all one word. <laughs> Japanese Zero. I don't know. Oh, oh yeah, okay. Like, yeah, the airplanes? Yep. Okay. Okay, I had a... I went to a, I went to a restaurant a couple days ago, and in the... In the lobby of the restaurant, they had a television playing just like normal network TV. Okay. And I had a real idiocracy moment when I came to realize what Family Feud is now. <laughs> well, is wait, it? it's different. I thought you meant like you were talking about the idiocracy moment also applies to what Family Feud used to be. Well. Whatever it is now. So, I mean, Family Feud was not – I. it was at least kind of a trivia game about – about Surveys. like public opinion, yeah, right? Sort of, yeah. right. So, th- I did not. Should we explain what it is? Because I'm I, guessing there are people who okay. Have never so seen here's it here's how Family Feud works. Uh, they there are two families that are the different teams that are competing against each other. They're literally related, right? Like I are. believe so. Yeah, I believe they're supposed to be at least. Okay. Um, and they say, all right, we surveyed ten thousand American people and said, what is something that you drink at night? And then they will hide the eight most common answers on a board and then you get to guess and if your thing is on the board you score some points and your otherwise the other family gets to take a guess or something and then there's some there's like a round like a lightning round where each family sends one person but it basically like the rules of the game don't really matter it's like this is a public opinion 
poll right. thing. It's, it's like how well can you gauge what what yeah, like public... how other how other people would answer these right. just these questions that yeah. are stuff like that. So I do not. There were closed captions, but I wasn't reading them. Like it didn't occur to me until after this whole segment was over that I could have maybe gleaned some information from this. But the the first thing I saw when I looked up at the television was somebody issuing an answer, and it flipped over on the on the board as the second most common answer. And what the the thing said was testicles slash bro globes. What? <laughs> what? And I was okay. So I thought, wh- what? Like the, what category could that I feel like been? when I was watching Family Feud in the seventies, they would not have just said testicles yeah. on the on the board. Okay, so but then bro globes, bro globes. I, I I googled this and learned some things. Okay, uh, so then somebody else gave an answer, and it lit up as the eighth most common answer, the lowest one with only like a couple of respondents, and it was nipple. And then somebody got the next person got the most common one. And what the most common answer was, was outfit slash pickle pouch. What? And I so I went from feeling like I was suddenly trapped in idiocracy to suddenly feeling like I had had a stroke or (laughs) that I was in some weird twilight zone thing. I don't remember any of the other the toughest red herring puzzle. Like what? What the fuck? Was the question? Yeah. Well, what? what oh, you what don't know the, the answer question? to this. So, what? no, I don't know what the question oh, God. was. Can you see, like, what? What is the like most distracting thing about a man's like clothed appearance or something like that? <laughs> what, His outfit what would be or the most puzzling answer outfit to see? On a <laughs> <laughs> right. What? So. Th- I looked, I googled bro globes to see if that was a thing that anybody says. And the answer is people asking about this episode. No, the answer is yes, Steve Harvey is known on Family Feud for coming up with absurd coined phrases for genitals and stuff. So bro globes is an invention of what's pickle pouch is a I don't know. I what I took it to mean was like a speedo. Right. Right. Like 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 banana. What's I mean so it could be like but but it has to it doesn't mean the same thing as outfit? Uh yeah, but it was outfit slash pickle pouch. Like it was like any of either of those things would have worked. You could have said, oh a pickle pouch, Steve. Uh, which no one would. No one Maybe would said, like, say that. Th- their speed, like, it could be like, right, like, yeah, what is a thing that would gross you out if you saw it on a man at the beach? I guess. Nipples. I guess, sure. <laughs> but, like, why? Ni- I mean. Maybe yeah. it didn't have to be about men. Sure. So, I mean. Well, but it, the testicles is what is throwing me, right? Right. As the second most popular. Yeah. Like, cause you don't, I mean, outfit. Testicles. Also testicles. Like, I, like, I don't want to go to, a beach and see a naked dude necessarily, but, who but it isn't because I specifically don't want to see his <laughs> testicles, right? I would not like fine I, with it's, any of the rest. But but what if you were presented with a survey where you had to pick a body part? Uh, I would say uh, the outfit. Yeah, <laughs> the obviously. outfit, Steve. It, what it feels like is that they they were like, ah, we need to figure out how to modernize Family Feud. Let's look at YouTube and see what parts of Family Feud are popular. Oh, the parts where somebody was like, butt fuck, Bob. Let's make a show that's just that. Yeah. It's that's like the Cards Against Humanity version of <laughs> Family Feud. So that that's huh. apparently what Family Feud is now, is just giggling about Well, is it, or did you just dick, happen to happen jokes. across the, like... I don't know. I mean, the very there's a lot episode. of... 
There were a lot of Google results for hilarious names that Steve Harvey has coined for for dicks and balls. And presumably boobs and butts and boobs. I, did I say that already? <laughs> no, there were two. Yeah. <laughs> testicles, dicks, and testicles. <laughs> LLC. Uh, attorneys at law. It's it's too bad that we don't do the listener mail section anymore because I bet someone's going to write in with the answer. Yeah, we should just start doing a listener's mail every once in a while. Boy, is it like 90% spam again. The, the bots figured out my latest clever dodge. That's too bad. Um. You could put some trivia about Dodge in there. That's true. What is Dodge's uh, most reliable pickup truck? Uh, the Ram. <laughs> that maybe the Caravan. I don't know. <laughs> if I can just name anyone, it's, it's been a long. Fun. It's been a long time since I had a Dodge. You had a Dodge and an '87 Dodge Ram. I think it was. I think it stopped working before we met. Okay. Yeah, I don't remember that at all. Then I had a reliable 1992 Ford Ranger. It's pretty reliable. It was pretty reliable. <clears throat> it ran. We just got rid of it because it stopped passing emissions and it wasn't worth uh, wasn't worth fixing. Mm. Just pushed it off a cliff. Seriously? No. <laughs> I, well, I mean, I think I donated it to some. I donated I, it to some church group that probably ended up oh, being the, the church, church of, of racism. Cliff pushing. <laughs> yeah, the church of the lemming. Yeah. <laughs> Thelma and Louise first natural. <laughs> they, they gave it a sky burial where they just <laughs> drive it off a drive it off a cliff and let like God vultures take it. Eat what it. God wants, <laughs> yeah. he keeps. <laughs> Yeah. Sorry, Sky Funeral? I forget. Sky That's funeral. what they call it, right? A Sky Funeral? Yeah. Saw Baby Driver. That was real good. Is it? Really? Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. This is the sequel to, to Boss Baby, right? Mm, yeah, I've never seen Boss Baby, but it might be. Okay. No, it's, the, it's like the upstairs downstairs. It's like the the Boss Baby and then the Baby Driver. Uh-huh. Yeah, the Baby Driver, is, the baby the driver is how the OS knows huh. which ports on the Boss Baby to communicate oh. right to which pins to send uh, data to okay uh i don't know what a driver does <laughs> i mean i kind of do right i mean it's like you haven't written the your thing own that driver makes your thing work yeah but it's the thing that like tells the cpu how to talk to a specific piece of hardware right like well, it's, it's i would i would say it's more like a, a an api that lives it, like at the os level okay so an of. api for whom though for, for other software for software to talk to hardware Okay. Like user level software talks to the drivers and the drivers are running at like a higher privilege level and the right. drivers talk to the hardware. Okay. And then who does the hardware talk to? Uh, the hardware talks to the user, like the, the actual It's like a circle person. of life. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. Which part of the computer talks to God? <laughs> I, I really enjoyed that uh, in um, – in Shenzhen IO, there's a puzzle where um, you have to um, build an I Ching simulator, and they actually like they found a chip. Like, as it was, it was unacceptable that you just use a random number generator to roll the 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 U, whatever it's called. So they actually found like a component in a warehouse that they're not using that like physically physically simulates rolling them in the chip. Mm. Okay. So it would be something like that, presumably. Okay, like so you a, think God would be able to influence the the physical throw of some tiny dice inside an integrated circuit? Right. But you don't think that he would be able to influence the flow of electrons oh, through no. the wires? No. That's hmm. What about the angelic logic unit? Oh, the mill <laughs> is... Uh, I guess I guess that it ha- would have to be comprised of falling sparrows in order for him to really notice. Right. I was going to say, as Babbage called it, I couldn't remember his name. He sold so many computer games in the 90s. Right. 
Well, he, he finally uh, found his fortune a hundred years after he died. Babbage Patch Kids. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the Babbage Patch Cable. <laughs> you probably needed that for something in the analytical engine. Sure. Yep. Uh, speaking of analytical engines, such as the programmable computation devices that we use today for work and for play. Right. Has anybody played any video games? <laughs> that was an amazing segue. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Uh, all I've played is Zelda. Zelda, Zelda, Zelda. It's the perfect video game. So, gosh, Riff, you posted a screenshot of, I assume, your character mm-hmm. that the Link, Link is a girl, right? Uh, and then, uh, you took a selfie with a big red goblin. Uh-huh. Yeah. And you were like, you were wearing some sort of like tingle outfit. No, it wasn't a tingle, right? It was like a ant eater monster it, thing. It, it's a, it's a, it's a like, Obviously hand sewn because it has like big button eyes. Uh, yeah. Hat of what that monster is. It's a moblin yeah. hat. And moblin. Moblin, yeah. And while it, while you're wearing it, moblins don't recognize you as you, as an enemy. So they just sort of walk up and sniff at you and leave you alone. Cool. Are they moblins or moldblins? Oh, I pronounce it moblin I, to rhyme with yeah, goblin. I've, I've only ever seen it moblin in the original manual. Every every time after that, it's moblin. Okay, so the original like Legend of Zelda one was yeah. a typo, as they or called it, Legend of Zelda one, or a, I, a retcon. Or? I think it's a, just a different uh, transliteration of the word. Okay, yeah, and there there's kind of a lot of stuff in this game actually that, like they've all the locations, or I don't know about all, but. Mm, a significant number of the locations on the map are things that are almost but not quite named after characters in the series' past as as though it like it was places or people that history kind of remembered but not exactly right like this is yeah. taking place thousands of years in the future and so it might be a thing like that I mean, that's really our one of our most famous deserts here on Earth is just named after a misspelling of Sahasrala <laughs> from from uh, a link to the past. So nothing to say. Nah. I mean, it's, I liked it's it, too. Super good hat. It's it's super, <laughs> super ridiculous. I loved it. I also posted a screenshot of having captured and tamed. A, uh, a skeleton horse, but the guy at the stable refused to stable it because it was a monster, and I was mad and called him a racist. <laughs> There's that the dialogue tree went in that direction. That's cool. Well, no, I I called him a racist in my tweet. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he saw it. He's always searching for some tweets. <laughs> oh at yeah, stable guy six nine. <laughs> I've seen people like mount Lionels as well. I wonder oh, if you wow. can get those to the point where you can like t- get them back to the stable. <laughs> be great yeah well i didn't even know that you could tame and mount you, you, you i don't know if you can tame them i know you can mount them though and they get mad i see <laughs> I do they, and do they will they go where you want them to go i don't know i, I don't never know. even rode anything because i like horses in video games that's bullshit oh the horses I, in this one are good yeah let's make a video game with a bunch of horses well it's, <laughs> but it's barely they're not really in it meaningfully yeah you never really way. like the the riding the horse in your game is just like here's a picture of a horseshoe Mm-hmm. That's pretty much what it is. Um, in Zelda, like, I, I definitely didn't. <laughs> just imagine just a single horseshoe. It's like, 
just imagine that something is happening here. Oh, I thought you were like calming Zach down. No, subtly. no. Yeah, he was brushing my mane because <laughs> he's he saw that I was getting. Uh, I wish I knew Wild a name up. for when horses were agitated. Um, uh, the, the horses in in Breath of the Wild. I um, I I tamed one and rode it around for a bit, and then like I needed to get off of it to go do climb somewhere or something, and then I forgot where it was. If you, well, so it probably died. Uh, the, it might have, yeah. The stable can collect your horse no matter where it is on the map. Yeah, I didn't. So, I don't think I had stabled it at the time, but like, uh, like yeah, what if I you would hadn't then first registered it. I don't know if they would know. Yeah, because <laughs> they have to like install a lowjack. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> then he needs to get chipped. Um, and but even then, like, even if I if I had to go back to a stable to get another horse, like, that's not how I want to play that game. Mm. Like it, it. Generally, what I do is I mostly just use them on the roads because they'll follow the road automatically without input. Yeah. So that yeah, I, I feel when like I get to like near where I'm going, I leave it there and then either either call it so it'll kind of follow me as I as I'm going wherever, or just like hang glider to a stable after I'm done. Are you playing with no yeah. fast travel, Riff? I yeah. I I have been playing with no fast travel, but the first DLC introduces a an amulet that you can find that gives you one like like a a a, a, a user configurable tra- fast travel point like you leave this amulet somewhere and it becomes a fast travel point. Uh so I think I might use that just because it seems since it's an since it's a magical amulet, it's it's nice and in worldly and having to make the decision of where to put it is you don't care that the that the map in world is running on a video game version of the tablet that you're <laughs> playing playing the game on i mean and it is it's like i get it it's weird ancient tech yeah there's a legend yeah, it's, of like, the, it's like there's the a legend of Zelda tablet we have in our game <laughs> um there were there was going to be a whole luck system thing where lucky horseshoes were like uh clovers but a year and a half in, we had come up with zero situations to use them in, so I just got rid of them. Yeah, I didn't even know that was a thing. Now there's one horseshoe that you can uh, get. That, that was carry. the problem. Kevin wasn't thinking about it. Oh. It took him nine months to pick a font. <laughs> it's a good font. I didn't want to assign any other work to him. <laughs> <laughs> I had to read everything in the world and choose the best. <laughs> the way that you evaluate fonts is by reading the entire Bible in each font. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Um. What about you, Jim? You play any video games besides Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wind? Why, when Moblin? Well, Moblin. Moblin. I played. I played, uh, I played um, Aquarium. Really? Is that a that is that familiar. a That's... video game or like a screensaver? It's, it's like it's, a really really old popcat. It's got game. a screensaver built into it. Yeah, it's a popcat game from two thousand four. Okay. Wait. Really? Yeah. It's that new? Yeah. Huh. Well, I mean, that's the number on the title screen. Um, it I, I I was reminded of it because I had just listened to a podcast um, with George Fan talking about his. I think it was I think it was the Soren Johnson Designer Notes podcast. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, and he talked about um, about making an insane aquarium, and he talked about making um, Plants vs Zombies. What's uh, What's George Fan been up to recently? I don't know. Okay, yeah, playing a lot of Magic. Actually, no, I do. I I. He talked about what he was working on on the podcast, and I forgot because it wasn't interesting to me. No, so, so that's too bad. Uh, but I remembered like 
that was one of the games. Yeah, God, I feel like maybe it was earlier than 2004. Now that I think about it, because I, yeah, it, it, it's an old PopCap game. Um, I, I had played it back in the day and liked it, and just forgot about it until now, and then realized like I could get the deluxe version for 99 cents on Steam. Although I didn't know that at first, because I searched for Insanaquarium, mm-hmm. like because it was I thought it was like like an in, insane aquarium. Yeah. But it's in San Aquarium, like Insanity Aquarium. And Steam doesn't like their 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 spell checker isn't smart enough to to know which one you mean. Steam search is weirdly bad. Yeah. I mean, I guess it just must be there's data to suggest that it doesn't fucking matter if their search is any good or not. <laughs> People will still give them trillions of dollars. Yeah. So uh they don't need to make games or good search engines. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so in, the way that Insane Aquarium works, if I'm thinking of it correctly, is you click to drop a little pellet of fish food, and then fish eat it, and then you grow fish, and they shit out coins, uh-huh. and you get the coins to buy new decorations and new fish and stuff. Uh, I didn't see much in the way of decorations, although there is a like a meta game that I didn't dig into that seems more like that. It's kind of like a clicker. It is a lot like a clicker. Um, the what he compared it to on the podcast was um, an RTS, like the early stages Whoa. of an RTS. Base building, uh, resource gathering, resource gathering. Like if if the fishes are bases, um, okay. Like it's got the same sort of like um, beggars would ride your build order kind of a thing. <laughs> build order kind of a thing, and it's also similar in that like your APM matters enormously, like. By the time I was at like the second set of levels, um, you are clicking hundreds of times a minute. Well, on does it matter because you c- there's like a fail state, or does it matter f- for maximizing efficiency? Um, I'm not sure to what extent those two things are linked. So, like every once in a while, like you're you're trying to get enough money to buy the three stages of the egg to hatch, and the egg ha- the hatch gives you your new upgrade for the next level, and that's how you get to the next level. Okay. Um, but while you're busy doing that, every once in a while, an alien will spawn in, and then you have to click on the alien a bunch of times to kill it. And it really is just a matter of like you click on it like you know thirty times, and it disappears. And you, there's a little bit of like um, control you have over like if. Your alien collides with a fish, it'll eat the fish, and you can sort of direct the alien where to go by, like, clicking uh, clicking on one side of it to make, make it go the other way. Okay. But then there are some enemies that, like, fire missiles at your fish, and as far as I know, that's really wow. just, like, how fast can you click? Um, which, it's definitely, like, once the game started getting hard, I lost all interest in it, because, huh. like, I was, like... I, Losing I re- progress in a game like that is not. Yeah, I like want. I kind of just fun. wanted to fucking like click on some cool fish, you know. <laughs> and there, yeah. Have you just have you tried downloading Cool Fish Simulator 2017? No, I haven't. Have you have you considered cool getting a tank of actual fish and a stick, or <laughs> a tank filling it with water and then buying a bunch of salt? And then seeing whether your plunger is fair. <laughs> or whether the fish are fair. Yeah, whether the fish at the, from the butcher is, is fair. It depends which side it starts floating. <clears throat> right. Yeah, yeah, I mean, really, uh, slabs of fish were the first uh, RNGs. You'd flip them, and if you'd say, skins or f- flesh. Huh. And you'd bet that another fish. That's also the first form of, like, pick up basketball, too, right? 
<laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, well, from like the Mayan version of basketball, where if you lost or were on the wrong team to start with, they would flay your skin <laughs> from your body. Yeah, so they could tell which was who. Yeah. Oh, God. Just a basketball game with nothing but like real life slim good bodies no. or like centibytes. Oh, Jesus. Just. Man, now I kind of want the like Cronenberg basketball. Why 2K? <laughs> oh, my God. Like the Cronenberg version Two, of, uh, of uh, um, Harlem Globetrotters. Yeah, there you go. Cronen- <laughs> Cronenberg basketball 2017. 2K17, yeah. Uh, so I guess in my head. Having never played this game, I assumed because it was like Insanity Aquarium that it wouldn't actually be fish, that it would be other things, like e- flying toasters and stuff, like e- other, yeah, other screensavers. fish, Kevin. <laughs> Say what? The, the, the toaster would kill all the fish if you put it in the water. Only if it was plugged in. I mean, in. so it's got it, – it is like remarkably like, no, these are actually things you'd find in a – in an aquarium, or at least a cartoon well, aquarium, right? And, like and fish that shit coins, like the that's, fish that could, that's that's pretty insane. Sure. Uh, one of the upgrades you can get is like a clam that occasionally opens and prevents you with a pearl, and if you click on the pearl in time, you get bonus money. Sure. There's like but a, that happens in real life. Uh huh. And there's like a seahorse that will help attack the aliens with you. Okay. And then there's a crab that'll help attack the aliens with you, but only if you get it, get them to the bottom of the tank. I guess the like, aliens are pretty. It is weird. remarkably like now that you mention it, remarkably not insane for a cartoon aquarium. They should call it ableist aquarium. <laughs> you. <laughs> so I wasn't trying to. I wasn't trying to have a chilling effect on the discourse. Shit. I just. <laughs> Any more? Uh, uh, Any more video games? I played. Um, uh, I played some Tormentor X Punisher. Yeah, how'd you like it? Not fuck, like, shit, I, cock, yeah. butt, fuck. <laughs> oh, by the way, like your description of the um, the intro, I, I didn't like it. I didn't like the game. Um, <laughs> but your description of the intro was like it. I don't remember what you actually said, but I remember it as being different from what I saw happening, which was that the protagonist he overhears that there are demons. And asks where the demons are, and the people say, planet, fuck you, or whatever it was. And then she blasts off to planet, fuck you, to kill the demons. Okay. So it's a little more sensical than your memory, which was just like, like, she blasts off to planet, fuck you, because she's really mad, or something. Okay. <laughs> uh, what I learned from this game was that I have zero patience for games where you die in one hit, yeah. and start over. Is it, isn't it a, like a fighter? Like a... It's a twin stick shooter, sort of. Oh, I guess Maybe I, like Hotline Miami more like than a twin six shooter. Okay. Because not having played this in my head, I was imagining it more like a Heroes of Marvel fighting each other game or something like that. Oh, yeah. It no. sounds like that, right? Yeah. Because it sounds like somebody versus the Punisher. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. Okay. It's just a bunch of vulgarity and off-axis pixel art. <laughs> it's like my two favorite things. I mean, I do like vulgarity, but... <laughs> Uh, it, so, I mean, you don't always dislike games where you die in one hit, right? Cause you, I'm trying to think of one. You will play a game of Robotron. Uh, you have extra, well, you have more lives. Robotron has lives okay. and Robotron has a mechanism to get more lives. Okay. All right. And I feel like that's Fair pretty enough. important. Yeah. What about Geometry Wars? 
But I him, never really. Well. Oh, does it? Yeah. No. I never really got into Geometry Wars, even though it seems like the kind of thing I would like. Yeah, I like Geometry Wars. I like, I, and, and I, I was thinking about this, and I think the difference is just that, like, um, when you have, when you, like, average out three runs at a difficult thing, you're more likely to, uh, get a, like, a score, which is, which better approximates your, um, actual ability than if you had just have one run. And so for me, like, my feeling is that I would rather have a game that, um, where the outcome better approximates my actual ability. Um, but I think for a lot of people, what they want is gambling. They want that, like, that big swing because it makes the, the rush that much higher when they get a really good score. Um, but that's also, like, masked a little bit by, like, um, the one-hit-kill games feeling more hardcore because they're harder and more punishing. Um, and so that it, it, they're, those two things are kind of kind of working at odds or maybe even, like, maybe not even working at odds. Maybe, like, they people, like, they want to say that they're really into super hardcore difficult games, but what they actually secretly want is gambling, and with this they get both. Hmm. Anyway. Did you, I bought a tremendous number of games in the Steam sale, weirdly, because yeah. I have not in well, years I did really dived into a Steam sale. I did too, but only because we agreed on it to play a bunch for the, uh. Oh, yeah, that's true. We, we bought almost everything that was suggested as a, an, as, as an assignment by a, a Patreon backer, which we did not choose one from that list for next week. We didn't All choose right. anything for next week. Yeah. Um, that's not what I'm saying. We should do one of those for next week. We should do like maybe two on, one off. Okay. Uh, the trouble is that we are hella busy yes, <laughs> right now. Are. Although next week it eases off a little bit. So for you, <laughs> right? But I mean, you never play the assignment anyway. That's not true. I'm just kidding, buddy. Uh, it's got to be like a really quick one that we could do. I bought a lot of other games though, besides just the ones that we decided to buy because they were on the Steam sale. It just seemed like there was a bunch of stuff that I was like, oh yeah, I'll pay a couple bucks for that, and I haven't even installed them. Uh, something that I did, I bought from Itch for a one voluntary dollar that I wouldn't have actually had to pay is a game that I got a text message from Amelia asking me if I had heard of the game The League of Lonely Geologists. And I don't know, she linked to some blog, but when I clicked on the, when I clicked on the text message, it loaded into a mobile browser. So it was just a million ads that I couldn't figure out how to get them out of the way to see what kind of blog it is. Uh, it, it, so it's an itch game. When you play it, you type in your name to start with, and it says this will be visible to other people. Um, and then you, you see a planet and you click on the planet and it zooms into a, it's a completely 2d game. Not really. I think it's in a 3d engine which is used a little bit, but you are looking straight down at some dirt, which is you're very close to. And you're looking at one screen full of an area that is maybe five by five screen fulls and you can't zoom or anything. I don't think, um, in the center of it, there is like a rug with a book on it. And when you click on the book, there are just hundreds and hundreds of pages of pictures of procedurally generated rocks and, names that other players have given them and descriptions that other players have given them. And as you start to move around the space, you find like a Stargate 
which you can open and then throw an object into and another object will come out. Uh, so you start out with one like this gold brooch thing in the middle of the rug and if you throw that into the into the machine a I forget exactly like let's say a phonograph comes out and then at certain places around the around the map there are plants and if you yank the plant out of the ground and drag it over to the portal and throw it in a wax cylinder will come out which you can then load into the phonograph which just changes the game's soundtrack um and there were eight or ten of those that I found without any repeats and some of them were like weird number stations and some of them were just weird noises and some of them were kind of nice music um there is like a lens that as you move it or as you carry it around the map it changes colors which it kind of seems to correspond in the way that it behaves with the thing that happens every once in a while where you find a pile of rocks which you then click on to plunge a shovel into and then it generates a random rock which then it lets you name and write a little paragraph about describing it and then that goes into the catalog this sounds like the kind of game that no man's sky should have been <laughs> what makes you say that uh I, I i started thinking that when you were talking about like procedurally generated rocks that you and other players can name okay because that's a feature in no man's sky i don't know if you name the rocks but you name like animals yeah um, and the planets, you name, uh, I guess. But you never see anything that anybody else made. Oh, okay. In in No Man's Sky. Oh, like, well, like you, I, 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 it never happened to me. But I'm assuming that all that stuff goes on a server, and if you land on a planet someone else has been to, then you see their names for things. I see. Um. And, and as you were, a, 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 <laughs> yeah. A, 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 or, or like what I did was I just like um entered like two letters and then used the auto just picked a word from the autocomplete. Like paper clip was the <laughs> okay <laughs> things like that, um, and then as you were describing the rest of the game, I was like, yeah, I would have liked that better than No Man's Sky. I think you would like this. I think that it's worth giving the giving it the old itch dollar and yeah. and dicking around with it. It's very artsy. What's was this a pay what again? you want thing? It, uh, it's called the League of Lonely Geologists. Okay. Um, so far, it doesn't seem to have the. Ooh, what was that game? The like very low res first person shooter that you go into the cave and meet a murderer on the way out Morai. and say something more. Yeah, but that game. That that game just got just shut, shut down. down. Yeah. yeah, they they what? could not. They couldn't have. They well, it, it was just, like it was wasn't specifically that they there were they were being hacked repeatedly. Yeah, oh, and they, they couldn't, couldn't. They didn't have the time or resources or money because it's a free game to like do the work it would take to secure that's the server. The same so reason that I similarly made like made a twinbeard.com an entirely static site. Right. Because it was just like, oh. Having it as a WordPress site and updating it constantly was constantly introducing new vulnerabilities. It's right. nothing but just white noise. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Um, apart from that and uh, more Hearthstone and the assignment, I did not play anything. But that game is weird and I bet a lot of listeners haven't heard of it and would like it and it's free if you don't want to give them any money. So go in there and start naming all the rocks racial slurs <laughs> don't do that please name them kindness and empathy I I, I made a tweak to um, the frog fractions to um, soapstone message server where I just silently rejected the most common kind of message which is the message you get if you just bang on enter to try to get out of the dialogue <laughs> nice and so I I haven't actually looked at the um, 
uh, the results, but I'm pretty sure that's improving quality of life for all the players. You could just silently ban any message that anyone had said before. That's not a bad idea. That would be more work, though. We've definitely done some, like, password security measures that are like that. This is probably a bad password. Yeah. I can't tell you why <laughs> exactly. Just, I'm saying, I'm guessing it's probably bad. <laughs> I don't even know what it is, but I know it's bad. My mom is really fond of this uh, this sort of polished rock that she has that's uh, that has the uh, the word nothing carved into it. Because it's like nothing is set in stone ah uh, okay yeah oh that's like those those clever will shorts clues where it's like you can't predict the weather with it and it's certainty hmm yeah nothing carved in stone that's yep. great and it's a nice shiny rock too it's i mean it's polished up yeah i'm really sad that the incense burner that your mom got me got broken yep i liked it so much more than the one i got to replace it I spent a long time trying to find a replacement for that thing and just couldn't. Like, it was just a thing that was on sale briefly at Pier 1 and then disappeared yeah. from the world. Probably because it was too brittle. It was too brittle to last. Yeah, probably. What'd you play, Kevin? I did not play any new video games. No. I forgot. This week went by in a freaking blur. Yeah, this is like the last week of West of Loathing development content on the content side. It's nothing but polish for however many weeks after this until our secret launch date that I keep not being allowed to say. Oh, so from from like starting next week, when I see a a placeholder text, I get to report that as a bug. If there is a place, there shouldn't 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 be be any. Yeah. Starting next week. Yeah. Okay. I mean, if there are some, you should definitely report them. Yeah. But it is a bug. Considered a bug. If it's like an ant scurries out from under a fill in Zach colon. What the fuck is this ant doing? <laughs> yeah. Report that bug. Yeah. I probably never wrote. What the fuck is this ant doing? <laughs> that sounds like actual content, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. It's, it's like hard, to, it's finding, hard to tell sometimes. It's like finding an audio log of like two game developers talking to each other about how to how to handle a situation. Oh, yeah. That could be people trying to figure out how the quantum teleportation matrix is malfunctioning. Yeah. You know, which is like what most audio logs are about. Right. <laughs> I mean, like people having crushes on their research assistants. <laughs> I feel like that's another common. <laughs> Do people actually use audio logs in the world? Like, I, every time that I have tried We're to... We're making one right now. Well, but we are sitting around a table creating audio content. Like Yeah, I think, th- like, in the, the concept world. of the audio log, it posits a universe where, like, everybody's always reco- using, like, audio diary equipment that only has 30 seconds of memory. Yeah, always be recording. So I bought a little audio recorder for when we were doing a lot of it was a lot of the like brainstorming period of west of loathing and i was doing a lot of really long car trips and every once in a while i would like just sort of think of something and not want to like type it into my phone while i was driving so i wanted something that i could just pick up and press a button but i mean i used it a dozen times like how much like yeah no it's i mean it was like a eight dollar machine so it it wasn't is it like an old notebook where you go back to it and it's like you know, I pe- never pepperoni have. volcano, and you're like, what? What was I? What was I thinking? <laughs> yeah. Like the note in my uh, the note in my phone that just says chode burrito, but 
I know what that was. That was me. That was on an episode of Advice Hot Dog. I wanted to tell a story about how I was trying to trick the people at Chipotle into making a reasonable sized like burrito you could actually eat with your hands by, and I got them to put half as much filling in it, thinking that they would make it thinner, but they just made it shorter. (laughs) What? Yeah. So. Oh my God. That is the worst. Yep. That was funny. Huh. Well, uh, it's going to be a short episode if we don't have a lot to say about Recursed. Well, we could just play what we have to say and then play it again. You know what we could do is we could do some listener's mail. There is, there is plenty. Yeah, let's do that after the assignment section. Okay. Okay. Uh, Recursed, uh, which was su- suggested to us by Adam Loeb. Is that? I uh, so. It's fucking great. Super good. Thank you, Adam Loeb, for letting us know that this game existed. And you this can, is a. You can watch me spoil the first hour of puzzles on the YouTube channel. So this game is a 2D puzzle platformer that has uh, a, a couple of sort of central mechanics. Um, one of which is a design constraint, uh, like a play constraint that is designed into it that is that is clever but not super amazing. Which is like you have a jump height and you can carry one object at a time. And if you're carrying an object, your jump height is much lower. So a lot of the stuff that you can do. Uh, in levels is constrained by that. You can throw objects infinitely far horizontally or straight up, but you can't throw them at any angle. You can't like toss something onto a a platform that you couldn't carry it to unless it's one that is horizontal from you. Um, But then in every room is just one screen. uh, And in some of them, there will be treasure chests. And when you jump into a treasure chest, you are going into another room. Um, when you do that, that room has an exit. When you go through that exit, it just destroys that room and, and resets it. So if you go into a room, carry something out, drop it, then go back into the room, it will, it will be there again, um, having reset and you can carry it back out. Uh, and until you pop back out of the top room on the stack, it will stay the way that you left it. So a lot of, you know, some simple puzzles are like, you need two blocks here, but there's only one, but there's a room with a block in it that you can get into. Where it gets interesting is, Sometimes there are chests that lead to another copy of a room that already exists, and you can pick up chests and take them into other chests. So you sort of affect the the geometry of the level and the way that the rooms are connected to each other, and more importantly, the order in which you can go to the rooms, which becomes very important for puzzle solving by taking rooms into other rooms or taking a room into itself. Yeah. Uh, having multiple copies of one room accessible from another room. From a top level. Uh, from, a, from a higher level room, yeah. Uh, and it is it introduces mechanics fairly slowly. Like, it in the second level, you start to get, like, bodies of water. And if you put a chest in a body of water and go into it, the room will be flooded. So there will effectively be no gravity in it. Um, and so figuring out ways to to it, use I, that. I, I think I remember reading that the the level to which it will be flooded is not predictable. It says that, but it I always found it to be either completely flooded or not. There flooded. are there are levels where it is it goes up to a certain height and stops, and that ah, is okay. almost always important. Okay. Um, and there are objects in those levels. A lot of the time, there are objects in rooms that float and will block progress to some other area, so that it basically becomes like a, a gate, whether it's flooded yeah. or not. So then there's another one where it starts to, it introduces things that. Invariant objects. Yeah, like uh, in Braid. The like smoke. the green, yeah. the green. It was smoky both visually things in and Braid, yeah. 
and like mechanically similar to Braid, which started, that's what I, I think that was when I was like, oh, this is in some ways very similar to Braid. I keep playing this game for like 15 minutes at a time and making some progress and then I'll kind of get stumped on something and then quit and then come back the next day or a few hours later and make some more progress. And it's it's just great. It's really it's really scratching a puzzle solving itch for me. I feel like it's also like programmer kind of puzzles too, because it's there's a lot of like <clears throat> I have these yeah, it's tools called recursed because it's about recursion. Yeah, and it's like if I can just figure out the right algorithm, I can I can solve this problem. <laughs> you know, like yeah, yeah it's I, always pretty easy to execute the solution, but figuring out how to set yeah. yourself up to execute it is yeah. the hard part. I the, would the, love to know how that, or go on. Uh, the problem that I I was having with it, like I, I spent like an hour on this game and kind of lost patience with it. Um, what well, it was actually execution. It was like, um, experiment. Like I, I I was enjoying like learning the rules of the world. That part was cool, but like in many cases, like actually setting up the experiments to learn more was pretty tedious. Um, and I think I. I you made the comparison to Braid, um, and I think Braid was kind of the same way. Um, but I played that game 10 years ago when there was like a lot less for me to do with my time. Um, and also a central tenet of Braid was that he never wanted you to repeat something unless there was some, some new aspect to it, right? Like everything was a bespoke yeah, interaction. Yeah, that, that might actually be it as well. Like I, I, I did not feel like that. One was thing true. that you do in Recursed a lot is duplicate crates. Yep. <laughs> you certainly do. Um, the game doesn't look that great. Yeah, it's it's yeah. pretty low fi. It's rudimentary. I it grew on me. It grew on me over time, but it is definitely a it is definitely a programming kind of game. Pretty good. Yeah, the music yeah. was pretty good. Um there's some there's some voice acting in a in a weird kind of interesting context. Such a strange mechanic yeah, a to lot do. of a lot of rooms have a ring in them which i had initi- i initially took that to be like a secondary victory condition yeah like, like a getting to yeah. get to the exit or get to the exit with this ring to get the like bonus points for clearing mm-hmm. it but that's not true and uh, in a lot of cases it's just clearly impossible and the ring doesn't do anything unless you think to throw it against a wall or cause it to impact a surface hard yeah, i was thinking of it like as a, as a tickle me elmo where if you throw it at the wall it it that says something at you yep. and there's just no tickle button in the yeah. game. <laughs> yeah, you just have to throw it at the wall. Uh, so, what? wait, does something happen if you get it to the exit? No. no. Okay. Not I, that's what I thought initially because it, it wasn't until the third one or so that I accidentally threw it and realized that if you bang it into the wall, it will talk to you. And it's just like the audio logs of a guy who went into this labyrinth yeah. before you and left a bunch of he recorded he had rings with very limited audio recording yeah, memory. Right. an infinite yeah. number of rings just carrying around with him. Well, you well only it's easy need to end one. up. Yeah, yeah, you'd only need one yeah, in this world, true. right? Yeah. Like, and then you'd have one in a box. I liked that there was a a bird that showed up when you fucked the puzzle up enough that it could detect that. When did the bird ever show up? I never saw a bird. If you oh, if you fuck up, guess who played perfectly? No, yeah. I didn't. I had to like I got into plenty of situations where I oh, was. Okay, so maybe it, it only yeah. shows it, up in the outermost room. It can't always tell. Um, but huh. essentially, like, if you, if you have a room with two chests in it and you take one chest into the other chest, drop it and leave. Right. So that first chest is just gone, then the bird will show up. Huh. huh. I think it is maybe only when you destroy rooms uh, will yeah, the bird. I, I did that a lot in the late game and it, nothing ever uh-huh. showed up. So maybe yeah, it's it only might, the first... it might only be an early thing. It's the bird just has a bunch of barks, one of which is restart. 
<laughs> so it's like, caw, caw, restart. Okay. So That's good. pretty funny. It's a really good, it's a really good bird. I like that bird. Yeah. Um, there is, there's a cool thing later on. So invariant chests present some interesting, weird situations and you can, with them at the very least, you can create paradoxes where you just can't, like this cannot possibly resolve. And so the game, when it recognizes a situation like that, it dumps you into this weird nether world where there is a different color gem to collect and it's a different puzzle and those chests you can then get the purple gem for completing it normally or the white gem for completing the paradox version and that's only on the levels that it's possible to create a paradox i assume unless there is some super clever way to create paradoxes everywhere in which case yeah i was going to ask like maybe i wonder if it's possible that that the developer like missed some possible paradoxes like mm. those are designed puzzles right those are mm-hmm. like yeah yep. okay so it's not like they're generated somehow from the no yeah no. i mean i think we were worried that this segment was going to be boring because we all just like the game and think that it's charming <laughs> and good and i said that you know like jim frequently points out like we tend to have better discussions about ambitious failures but then jim pointed out that this game was a commercial failure <laughs> Do you know that? Or? I don't know. I don't know for sure. I, I kind of actually just assumed it by look by like I not having heard about it. It's and been out for six months and none of us had heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. Which, also just looking at the art. Yeah. Really I definitely was turned off by it from looking at it. I, it. I definitely got used to it and I do not feel like it is a it is a liability or a hindrance to gameplay. And in fact, I appreciate that it's very clear. Like the sure. game states yeah. are very clear. I think you could have done that. The controls are, you know. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like I was constantly like wishing that the the jumping was a little bit better, but I mean, did this game just fall prey to being by an unknown developer and uh, encountering yeah, I mean, vis- I, discoverability problems? I think that's probably the case. Like I, I the other game that I think of along these lines is Steven Sausage Roll mm-hmm. and that yeah, but Steven that Sausage Roll is like aggressively anti-player. <laughs> I don't think of it as being well. It looks like a turd. Uh, I like was deliberately. Ask, like I was going to ask, like, how do you like it, once you got you got used to this art? Maybe now you can go back to Steven Sausage Roll and enjoy that art. Oh no! I, I well, okay, no. This art is at least this art is just like pixel, like like sort of low skill pixel art. Like right. the art for Steven Sausage Roll is this is deliberately made to be ugly. Yeah, the but like that game, I don't think it was a huge success either. But it had like the backing of many reasonably famous indie de- game d- designers behind it. Uh, it. In this game, like it was I think sort of a those magnum people, opus of puzzle design. Also, too. those people. I mean, you're you're. Your Frank Slants and your your Bennett's Foddy like definitely loom large in our minds because right. they're people who we trust and like oh these okay these people are as famous as you can get in like intellectual game dev circles but that's still not very famous no you know no. and I don't, like I said I don't think I don't think Steven Sausage Roll like sold a whole bunch of copies but I've heard of it that's true yeah. Yeah, why, like, why, I mean, like, I don't think that Bennett would play this game and think, this is a bad game, or this is not worth my time. Like, why didn't he know about it? Why didn't he play it? Why didn't he tweet about it? Yeah. Or maybe he did and we missed it. I, I don't muted, know. I muted Bennett Foddy because he's such a social justice warrior. <laughs> that, that's not true. None of those things are true. 
How much of Starseed Pilgrim's success was due to Jonathan Blow talking about it a bunch? No idea. Did really? He talked about it a bunch? Yeah. That's how I found out about it. He's like, people need to pay attention to this game. It's a really important, good game. Huh. And he said that a bunch of times. That's that's super interesting to me because that doesn't seem like the sort of game that he would... I Like, my mental model of Jonathan Blow does not include liking Star... Oh, no, Starseed Pilgrim. I'm just thinking of Stardew Valley. What the fuck oh. is wrong with me? <laughs> yeah. I no no of I, course I, I, yeah, I, I agreed I that too. with you though because I feel like whereas I could see Jonathan Blow liking a good snow like I I feel like Jonathan Blow would like Alan Hazelden's games more at least based on what he makes which is not based on like watching interviews with Jonathan Blow now he's really mellowed out and just talks about video games like a fucking person and yeah. it's really nice to just yeah. watch him talk about stuff he's like yeah. man I'm just you're just not like talking about meditation anymore you're just talking about when you used to play Quake and like <laughs> suddenly you're just relatable even though I didn't use to, even though I meditate all the time and I never played Quake <laughs> but like, Starseed Pilgrim was not like, it was a game about the emergence of systemic behavior as opposed to a game filled with designed puzzles, which, right, like, Jonathan Blow's stuff is just designed puzzles. Right. But but I think um, what he liked about Star City Pilgrim, and I remember this discussion now that I know what game we're actually talking about, <laughs> um, I, I think that was the, the, the learning the systems is the puzzle mm-hmm. that he was appreciating. Yeah, I mean, I guess the fact that nothing about Starseed Pilgrim is spelled out. It's, man, I remember meeting Alex and having him tell us, like, the sort of, like, lower level, like, oh, this is what these are about. These are the different four-letter words that each, each of the colors of Pilgrim to. represent, and this is how the mechanics of the seeds that they plant express in this system the, like, feeling of the emotion that there and it was like okay i mean this all makes sense yeah but you're you and anyone that you explicitly tell this to are the only people who are ever going to understand yeah that that that's what's going on here but you know probably he told the composer which then made it really evocative and like the sound design in that game is fucking incredible that's all ryan roth Yes. There might have been him and one other person, but maybe 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 it was just... Yeah. But yeah. Super good. It's... I mean, so... But also, the other problem is that there are now 50 of these sort of interesting puzzle games coming out. I bet that 49 of them every month are not as good as this one, though. And it's just... Like, this is just so... Like... This is a genuinely new mechanic in a puzzle platformer that I I don't have never seen before. Uh, I mean, maybe it's not new. Maybe I feel like just... I've seen things similar to it in like congregate style puzzle games. Maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong though. But there's like time time loop stuff that's kind of similar yeah. in some ways. Yeah, I I mean I I think this even if it were. Like so, the problems that I have with the puzzle design, like, are mostly just the rep- the repetition. Even if that those problems were all solved and it was just smooth sailing, like, it would still not be a commercial success because it's not a pretty game. Like, which is just basically a requirement. 
But even so, even so, like I'm talking about Alan Hazelden again, like so, the past couple of games he's made have been very approachable, at least initially. Uh, have had sort of nicer, very sort of friendly graphics, and have been featured significantly by Apple, at least, mm-hmm. and still. Yeah, only so effectively barely made any money. I yeah. mean, he's fine and he's making video games for a living, but it isn't really not much of a living. Yeah, he's, yeah. I mean, he doesn't have a family to support or a, like a mortgage to pay. Yeah, or. yeah. I mean, well, that his stuff, like I, I mean, his stuff. I, I think could is come be a up limited with appeal anyway. But. I could come up with you know a dozen reasons why that's the case, but I honestly think a lot of it is just luck of the draw. Well, like what catches and what doesn't. Is it that or, like so? I guess the witness sold. A million copies or something, probably right. Like something like that, yeah. So there are people out there for who want puzzle games. I I think so. If I'm going to try to rationalize this, I think a lot of the witness is that you're moving through a 3D world, and people like to do that. I think it also also because the witness came out on PlayStation Four in a time when there wasn't a whole lot going on on PlayStation Four. Yep. What about like? It does it because it reminds people of Mist, which is a game that they sure. yeah. played yeah, and sure. liked or whatever. Yeah, and that certainly wasn't because Mist was better than every other game of it the time that it first. became really popular. Like it just it caught. Yeah, and it was new. Uh, there, there, there was there hadn't been a lot. There of was games nothing that, like. That, yeah, there was nothing like Mist at the time. Yeah. I don't think. <sighs> wasn't there? Yeah, I mean, we referred to those sorts of games as Mist clones after that. Sure. I, I can't think of anything. Like the when I think of that era, I think of like more the, like so, Sierra or LucasArts style adventure games. So I mean the seventh guest was kinda like Mist, right? But not as nearly it as It wasn't as good, deep, but it right? wasn't like was seventh, but well, Mist well, wasn't a that, million times better. It was just that both early C D ROM games. Was I I'm pretty sure Mist was before Seventh Guest. I think Seventh Guest was directly inspired by it. I could be wrong. No. Well, yeah, I thought the seventh guest was older than Mist, but I don't know. If only we had computers in our pockets with access to a the vast repository. First through the sixth guests, were those? Yeah, the, those were text adventures. Okay. <laughs> Is the seventh guest a surrealistic adventure that will become your world? Ninety-three seventh guest, and that's got to be pretty close. Missed. He Googled. This is compelling radio. Yeah. 93. So they were in simultaneous development. They had been there. Right. Yep. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, so for what it's worth, me personally, I would much rather play Mist than Seventh yeah. Guest. Oh, yeah, of course. Mist is like, way better than the Seventh Guest, but I'm not saying that, like, Mist was not better than every other game. Like, Look at the number of copies of Mist that sold, and look at the number of copies of the second best-selling game that sold. I'm guessing that none of us would argue that Mist is that many times better of a game than its so nearest grossing neighbor. Second the best. It, is that what we're t- <laughs> just that? It did catch in a weird yeah. way, but I yeah. think it was a result of some like hybrid je ne sais quoi that goes a little bit past what you're gonna you're gonna dig out 
trying to criticize it from a gameplay or graphics or yeah. interaction fidelity perspective. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was a it was a nice looking hypercard stack with some like hinted at. Like God knows they they destroyed all the mystery by digging deeper into it in the subsequent <laughs> games and actually explaining shit right, right. like just I I don't know I think I, this is all to say I agree with your point about it just being like it got lucky yeah 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 and not I, that they didn't work really hard on it and were sure really talented, sure but but it's also like and and this is the point I think we're all making in agree in agreement with each other but like. To vocalize it, you can work really hard and make something incredible and still not sell. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to go grab an iPad from downstairs so that I can read some listeners' mail questions from our listeners. Mm-hmm. Cool. The listeners. Uh, you guys can, uh, why don't you guys Stack. decide on our next assignment uh, based on that list? Do you have it in front of you? I do. I, already, I, des- I decided. Okay. All of them are long except for potentially one. Okay. And what is it? Uh, it's 10 star. So it is a uh, it's a choice of game. Um, so Vincent Mitra uh, suggested this. It's um, <laughs> oh god! <laughs> I thought you said ten star, and I thought <laughs> I couldn't. That's remember what I thought that too. On our list. Oh, oh, is, it, is this star. my? Yes. Is this is, is this my my EI blindness? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So maybe I'm not the one who should name should say the name of this game. Uh, but it's it's a game that's available on Steam and mobile and stuff and the web apparently. Um, we we recently had lunch with the with one of the choice of games. Yeah, uh, Dan Fabulich, who turned yeah. out to be a friend of a friend. Yeah, uh, like unrelated a pod, a to video podcast games. Friend. Like, yeah. He like went to high school with Matt Rather from the Overthinking It podcast, who I met for a completely out side of the context of video games reason and then he's like oh i have two friends that make really word heavy video games <laughs> um choice of games it's a it's a fascinating model it's really cool actually. <laughs> yeah and they i think are similar to asymmetric in that you'd look at the stuff they do and think this is probably not even one person's full-time job um but it's like but then it is like a lot of people's full-time job and has been for a really long time yeah yeah it's really neat um Okay, should we answer some questions from yes. Video Games Hot Dog listeners? Oh, and so our assignment was recursed. Can Ten, you... moan your name, ass, 65 TKN. Wow, this person's giving us their measurements. Their ass is 65 tea kettle noses wide. Hmm. Okay, so one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine... <laughs> 10, 11, 12. No. Okay. Lots, lots of porn spam. So is this because this is a web-based form? Yeah. There's a lot of them of this form. Hello, guys. Turn my ass and get my cum in my mouth. Right to my profile, Betty1987. Okay. Hi, Jim, says Jungle Raoul. <laughs> uh, I just finished Text World, and I just want to say it's a great holdover. Can't wait to see what Frog Fractions 2 is going to be. I want to know, <laughs> is Keygen meant to be some sort of slant pun on Kitchen? If so, that's really stupid, and I'm... <laughs> what is... When people talk about Keygen music, uh-huh. do they mean the, like, mod files that play during the This Game Was Cracked by... Uh, Keygen, like... Or what is key gen music? Key I never music really is, understood. Is, it is tracker music, usually chip tunes, that was played like when you would pirate games or audio tools or presumably other kinds of things. Uh, if it needed a, a serial number when you ran it, 
uh, they, they would often be provided alongside a program that runs and you can click a button to generate a serial number to enter and that program will play tracker music. Okay. That is just so like, it's kind of like the thing that I yes, said, right? It is it's like, like techno largely made by software piracy groups. Uh, my experience is that like they never actually make it themselves. They just like, I really like this oh, Radix okay. S3M. So I'm going to put it in my key. Is Radix a person or a band? Radix or a, is a, a, a an tracker dude system. Okay. That, that play, makes tracker music. I forget his real name. What happened to the first eight rads? <laughs> it's, Get it? Yeah. Uh, Durdrum says, I'd like a spoopy, fun weather name for every question slash commenter on this episode. Okay. So Durdrum's spooky name is Dreadrum. Uh, Durdrum's fun name is, uh, Birdrum, because birds are fun. Okay. Uh, yeah. Durdrum's weather name is Thunderdrum. Oh, good. Okay. Ah, uh, man, this is going to get hard. <laughs> Uh, another thing, this is going to get hard and come in my mouth. Uh, <laughs> no. Fi- uh, wow, these really are. Okay, next one. Five foot one, 155 centimeters, 32 B or C or whatever, who cares their breasts? 99 TK, lick my heels. What does the TK mean? I don't know. Um, God, this is a mess. I've really got to do something about this form. Hi, dog, says Mike Walter. Your pr- your discussion of the prisoner for the Apple II got me thinking. Has there ever been a Star Trek video game where to win you needed to edit an INI file or the source code? Would have been in the spirit of Kirk's Kobayashi Maru exam. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. One of my favorite jam games was that something that... um actually be a thing. I, yeah, I don't know about any commercial product, but one of my favorite um, jam games was something Andy McClure made where the game was just getting the game started. Uh, it was just like oh, the like, different error messages you would get and the different configuration changes you would have to make. The other game that uh, Recurse kind of reminded me of was Hack and Slash. Because mm-hmm. okay. I, 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 when going into th- going into objects right. as rooms, that felt very much like, except for the fact that you like the 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 genuine like innovation is the fact that you can pick up the room and take it with you when you leave, and that mm-hmm. opens up all sorts of weird. Yeah. possibilities but uh yeah i still don't know how i beat that game like i just kept messing with the lua until i got the win condition and oh I- it was probably like those super mario world speed runs where they just like the 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 sequence of picking up and dropping things <laughs> right. causes it to jump to the ending se- <laughs> yep i just triggered one of those by accident that's good Freshly Manwich says, uh, okay, Freshly Manwich, De- Deathly Wolf Manwich. Okay. Uh, okay, fun name. Um, Fresh and Happy Witch. J- jiggly Hamwich. Jiggly Hamwich, okay. Weather name. Um, <laughs> Cold Frontage Witch. Fresh Air Manwich. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Okay. Uh, howdy, fellas. I'm new to the podcast, so I apologize if you've covered this before. What are y'all's opinions on Dear Esther? Hugs and kisses. Freshly Manwich. Um, we did it as an assignment, yeah. like, years ago, like, early on. Um, I, yeah, I wasn't know, there. I liked it. I did not. I liked the individual poems that it read at you. But that's, like, the rest of it seemed like... There were, like, four different potential pieces of text that you could get at each node and i yeah. felt like each one was its own little of its own little style and if you had just gotten all of one that might have been 
kind of more interesting than getting... Well, that was, my, my criticism was going to be it didn't seem to add up to anything. Yeah, but, yeah and that, I wonder that was, if... That was my feeling. Mine were a lot about syphilis. And when I said, yeah, th- so you'd go and you'd, then you'd hear a poem about syphilis. And then people were like, what the fuck yep. are you talking about? <laughs> it was not about syphilis that at all. sounds like a personal like, problem. Well, what was the... Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> the very first thing... I remember the very first thing I did was just walk out into the water and drowned. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, and then, so I like. I thought the world was very pretty. I felt like, uh, I felt like I was walking way too slow, and yeah. and there was just no payoff. And I was like, the ending kind of made me angry instead of it was not transcendent, which is which is what I felt like it was supposed to be. Yeah. So, but games have come a long way that are kind of just about walking around a place and exploring it. Like to go from that to gone home to. Uh, uh, Firewatch. Well, Firewatch. What remains of Edith Ed- Finch? Edith Finch. Yeah, like like that is all of those games are doing interesting, cool things with that kind of same DNA almost. Yeah, and I'm and I'm glad that that is being continuing to be explored because I feel like that's a really neat, yeah, way of telling stories and making interactive experiences and stuff. Uh, Threndsa. Or uh, the end, sir. Okay. Spooky name or fun name. Vienna sausage, sir. Okay. Uh, and weather name. Weatherend, sir. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Well, look, they can't all be winners, kid. Uh, anyone play the physical WoW trading card game? It had card costs similar to Magic, but any card could be used instead of just lands. They had quests that were uh, for resources plus a completion bonus. They were the best. Seeing them in Hearthstone again was nice. We played one game. Yeah, Kevin and played I played like one game of the WoW yeah. trading card game. We We were just like... It sort of came and went, and the cards were really cheap, and we bought a bunch of them just for the office at one point. Uh... The, so many the people bought the cards to I never played any of those I don't think I ended up with all the ones from the office yeah um, like encounters that you'd play against a, a deck that you'd bought yeah that's neat um, it seems kind of like the, the an early version of the Pathfinder card game in that sense yeah, sure, yeah. except if you're not like building a deck that you proceed from adventure to adventure so it was not. it was weird how cheaply you could get a shitload of cards on eBay because so many people bought the packs of cards because there was like right. a one in a hundred chance of them having a a wow collectible item like on a, a scratch off card hmm. in them like that was their equivalent of foils is like oh this unlocks a new pet in wow and so they were like crazy sought after by people who had no interest in playing the trading card game um it's really neat that that stuff found life in Hearthstone. I mean, mm-hmm. it was like Hearthstone was basically their attempt to digitize that game. They like got the rights back for it. A lot of very similar things that looks almost exactly like like it. Um I remember playing it and thinking, "Wow, this is really tightly balanced." Like way more than Magic. I don't see one of these games just turning into a complete landslide the way that Magic games often do. And uh but then we just never played it again. Yeah. So yeah, that was some listeners' mail from listeners, the listeners. Guys, do you know who this episode of Video Games Hot Dog was brought to us by? Who? Our generous Patreon backers, such as the listeners, Dick Dick Shitsworth, Sam Bobbly Doop Pop Boop Pop Booty Doop Pop Booty Doop 
gets funnier the longer you do it. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff, funnier the longer you do it. <laughs> Jeff, weather the longer you do it. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, spooky the longer you do it. Jeff, yeah. spooky weather. Spooky Jeff, fun Jeff, and tornado Jeff. <laughs> Death. That was supposed to be death and Jeff, but then I forgot deaf was a word. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I've had a fantastic time recording episode number 294 of Video Games Hot Dog with you, and I hope we get together again real soon and record another one. And listeners, I sincerely and truly and madly and deeply hope that you will join us. And if you do, madly, and if you don't, sincerely. Shabbat <laughs> Good night. Blabagabla, <laughs> <laughs>